Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson and Michael Brunts here on Thursday morning. Gentlemen, how are things going for you today? Good. Beautiful. Good. It's, uh, it's another do-or-die day of baseball for my boys, but we're uh, feeling confident. Football's around the corner. There's, lo- there's lots of good things happening. BC. Yeah, my baseball team's done, uh, but the the weather is uh, the weather's beautiful, and uh, it feels like there should be a game this weekend, really. But uh, we'll we're we're happy with what we got, uh, and we have coaches talking and players talking, and it feels a little bit like camp. Yeah, that uh, that is that is definitely true. We've got message board rumors all over the place, so you know. Oh yeah, yeah we. We haven't had those in a while, so that's that's nice to see pop up again. Not really, but I guess. <laughs> well, let's just uh, let's address that right away. Um, which one of you wants to tackle Omar Manning and Nebraska football right now? Brunts, do I want to give it to you? Uh, sure. So, yeah, give it to Brunts. <laughs> so uh, Scott Frost last night, uh, first caller right out of the right out of a shoot. Um, comes in and, and asks about Omar Manning. There's been some scuttlebutt about kind of what his status is. He's been, he's been fighting injuries. He's had, he's been nicked up a little bit. Um, that's been out there for a while. Matt Lubick talked about that last week, but some question maybe about what his, his status is. Uh, Frost said that he's missing time because of those injuries, which I mentioned also some personal reasons. So, um, He's with the team. They're planning on him being a part of the team going forward, a big big contributor. They kind of know what they have. So that's that's what he said about uh about Omar Manning. So that was one uh one little piece there that I guess came out of uh, an hour long uh discussion about where things kind of stand for the Nebraska football team. Yeah, he he said, you know, Omar's progress has been delayed a little bit and obviously that's 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 tough for a group that is uh, such a new look operation this year, uh, where you need some guys like him to honestly be difference makers or be part of the equation right away. So we'll see what that how that translates over the next few weeks and stuff. But um, I get the good news is you. I mean, you have heard a lot of buzz about like Alante Brown um, continues to turn heads. Um, that's actually the exact phrasing Jack Stoll used. I think he's turning heads. Um, my friend Jack Stoll. So, uh, okay. You guys made up. Yeah. I asked him the first question when he was on last week and I felt like there was like a mild little, like, like, yeah, we're, Hey buddy. Yeah. There there seemed to be a chemistry there. Oh man, well that's good. I'm glad you guys are able to patch things up before the start of his senior year. He started. He started though the <laughs> uh, Jack Stoll started the answer with "It's you." <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's you. It was like a Seinfeld Newman greeting. Yeah, hey, at, at least he didn't Russell Westbrook you. You know, there's that. What is what? What's that? I don't know. Um, there's a I I think it's Barry Trammell but there is a reporter from the uh, from Oklahoma City that he just refused to answer questions from oh yeah it was Barry Trammell yeah flat out told him he doesn't like him (laughs) that'd be that'd be interesting if someone does that at some point 
I do not like you. I, I, I don't know what your follow-up to that is. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> why? I guess I'm not going to ask you about Travis Vokalek then. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. I, uh, I'm glad. Okay, so Scott Frost talked about Omar Manning, but I'm sure he talked about plenty of other stuff as well. What, uh, what stood out for you, BC, when you had a chance to listen to uh, the, the questions that Scott Frost was getting and then kind of the answers he was given about his upcoming team? Uh, first thing that sticks out is they are going all in on the live stuff. Uh, the hitting, the taking to the ground. There's going to be a scrimmage Saturday. I like that approach. Um, as Scott Frost said, they're trying to cram a lot of physical stuff into a short space because you have to. You have to get your team ready for that, um, you know, what it takes to, to actually tackle in space and tackle guys and bring them to the ground. And I think we've seen early on in this college football season – there are some teams you can tell they, they took a different approach. And uh, quite frankly, it shows um, in, on the defensive side of the ball. So um, I like that part about it. I like that they're getting physical. They've turned out off the noise and all the music in Memorial Stadium. They're trying to get it just so it's like this is, what, this is how it's going to be. You know, there's not going to be uh, the same juice. You have to bring your own. That's kind of been a catchphrase, bring your own juice. Um, the other interesting thing, I guess, is running back to me, um, Ronald Tompkins is in the mix for the backup stuff. And uh, there's no doubt Dedrick Mills, who's going to talk to the media Thursday and we'll have stuff on him, is the number one guy. But it is wide open, or there's a good fight going on, I should say, for the number two and three back spots. And Scott Frost said they want to narrow that down pretty soon to increase the, the rep load for those guys that they pick out. That doesn't mean other guys can't play, but they do want to get that down to about, you know, they're kind of their top three guys here pretty soon. Ryan held talks with us Thursday. By the time this pod is up, we'll be talking to him. So we'll uh, maybe get some more information there. But Tompkins, uh, I'd like your guys' thoughts on him. He continues to be kind of an interesting wild card. Um, as we go deeper into camp here. Yeah, I've had Kenyatta Watson, one of his high school coaches, on my, my radio show a couple times. And the last time I had him on, we talked about where, where Tompkins was as he came back from, from the latest thing. And he had a knee scoped last year. And it was, it was kind of a cleanup thing, but it wasn't the, the major surgery or major setback like he had kind of been dealing with the previous two years. And, and Kenyatta basically said that this is a, a situation where, you know, if Ronald is healthy, he's going to be able to help this team. And he was making strides. And I think we had kind of heard an undercurrent of similar things prior to that cleanup. And so I, I think, again, like if, if he gives Nebraska something this year and he's able to stay healthy and he's able to work through what has just been rotten luck for several years now, there are a lot of people that would tell you that Ronald Tompkins is just a football player that will go out and do anything you ask for him. And so even if he's more of a guy that helps in special teams and he is carrying the ball, he can do that. I mean, he's just a, a guy that I, I'm really excited to see play. And I'm, I'm happy for him that he's kind of stuck this out because that's a lot. I mean, three years worth of basically waiting for your opportunity to, to come back from an injury is a long, long time. And so I, I'm hopeful that uh, he remains healthy and that we get an opportunity to see him play. 
Brunts, what do you think? Yeah, it's everything about Ronald Tompkins has always kind of been said with the caveat of like, well, we're going to be careful with him or we've got to really be, you know, mindful of, of him. And, and that's true. But I think if, if he can give you, let's say, 15 snaps a game, you'll take that. Because I think, you know, after he had the, the kind of – they call it a setback, you know, the, the scope that you mentioned last fall after he'd kind of been working out and, and you know, starting to get into full contact stuff a little bit. Um, I, I think the, the, the kind of unspoken thing was is that Nebraska was very – they were kind of assuming that they weren't going to get much out of Ronald Tompkins in his career, like that, that it was, you know, not going to be good for him. And I think, you know, his emergence, whatever you want to call it, has been kind of the surprise of, of fall camp to this point of, you know, here's this guy that's a little bit older has kind of, you know, seen how things work a little bit, certainly an electric player when he's been healthy. Uh, but I mean, if he can, you can use him in different ways, get him on the field for a small number of plays when you kind of combine that with Mills, um, with Scott, with Morrison or whomever behind him, um, that, that's a, a much different picture at running back than, than maybe what Nebraska thought they had coming into the year. And, and he's a guy, too, that you can move around, I think. And, you know, he's good out of the backfield as a receiver or was at least in high school. So um, it's, it's a bonus. I, I think that's kind of how I'm choosing to look at it. And also – frankly, a story that you can feel pretty good about because he's, he's been a guy that's, as you mentioned, Mike, that's really just kind of had, you know, uh, just dealt hand after hand of just crap. So uh, it's good that he's, you know, been able to work, his, work himself back and into that conversation. A couple other quick things um, from Frost was uh, my biggest worry points for this team and, and I thought it kind of came out last night, too, when he talked. Is it's, it's still the defensive line and outside backer for me. And it's not because I don't like a lot of the potential at D-line. It's just because they're so young in certain spots. And Frost, Frost just said the, it's the wait-and-see game with those guys. And you, you can think you've got guys ready, but you, you really don't know what you've got there until you see them play some live football. And so, uh, in a way – him and his staff are like the rest of us where, you know, they're, they're building him up right now, but, but you got to see how, how that looks actually on a game day. But the one interesting quote he had about the outside linebackers um, had to do with Mike Dawson. And you can tell that he thinks Mike Dawson is going to make that group better just by his coaching, um, which says a lot. Um, he says, I love the approach he takes and how disciplined his guys are going to be if they follow what he says. And he talked about how that group underperformed last year. Guys weren't in the right spot all the time, not using the right technique. If they listen to Dawson, he thinks they'll be in good shape. So there's just a lot of faith in Dawson they trust over there um, in kind of building up probably the biggest question mark on the roster. He was pretty blunt about the outside backers last year and, and kind of how they yeah. played. Um, and I think that, you know, when it's, and you've kind of noticed this with other positions too. I mean, he, he was this way about the wide receivers at times last year that, you know, that when something's not good and, and, and not good enough, he's not going to mince words about it. So I don't, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think if you're looking at one position that, 
you know, is a point of concern. I think it is the outside backers because, you know, you've got Feldarius Payne uh, out there now playing an outside backer. Um, you know, there, there was talk that Nick Henrik was at least uh, considered potentially moving to outside backer. That, that move has not happened, but uh, has been discussed. So that, uh, that, that's, that, that's one to watch, I think, as Nebraska gets going and especially right out of the gates when you're going to need some difference makers against Ohio State and Wisconsin and uh, Penn State uh, in, in those first four games. You can connect dots too here because I think the only reason that Henrich talk comes up or you float that idea in the air is because they, they really do believe in Luke Reimer. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously the big news was he now is a scholarship guy, but it, I don't know if you saw the picture. He, we have a picture of Luke Reimer in our system that we still use because we haven't been able to update it yet where he's, he just got here and he's kind of a skinnier walk-on and stuff like that. And he had a picture the other day, and he looks like a completely different dude. Uh, you talk about guys that have used their year to uh, find the weight room um, and, and change their body. He definitely has. So um, I think that's the one reason they, they got the two seniors in Miller and Honus. You got Reimer, and, you know, maybe if those three are taking off and you do need some help at outside backer, you, you think about that, but uh, with Henrich. So that – that that's why I think that conversation's even in play. Yeah, I, I think one of the fascinating things about this roster and Nebraska's done such a such a good job of flipping some areas is now a lot of the focus basically just comes to the front seven. Like that's kind of the last vestige that they have to to, to figure out here. And I don't know how close they are because a lot of it uh, for me, I mean I, I like that defensive line quite a bit probably more than than most and then you look behind him at that linebacker room and it's just a giant question mark all of it is I mean and they don't have any clue what they're gonna get with their outside linebacker play we talked Brian and I did about Feldarius Payne and I love the idea of having a guy that you're you're gonna use in a role like that where he's gonna be a pass rusher but that's only part of what they need out of that outside linebacker spot I, I think that they struggled against the run last year in no short part because they didn't have very good linebacking play. And that's a big part of, you know, being in a three, four and a front seven, you got four linebackers and you do the defensive line. And we can talk all day about replacing NFL caliber guys like the Davis twins and, and Darian Daniels. But even if you have a good upfront defensive line, you only have three of them, you're outnumbered there. So you need your linebacker play to be a lot better. And I don't know, you know, just looking at this group, the three of us, would probably give three different answers for the four linebackers that come onto the field to start the game against Ohio State. And frankly, they're just going to have different rotations throughout the year because I don't think – I don't know if they have a, a real comfortable sense of if they have four guys they feel great about, you know, in a, in a key situation to put on the field. Like, I, I just – they don't know enough about their roster at this point – or, excuse me, not their roster, but that group uh, and guys in that group. And there's just been – a fair amount of underachieving quite frankly uh, from the outside linebackers in particular. And so it's a, uh, it's a real cause for concern, but it, it also should make people feel good that they've kind of got it narrowed down to this is the area where they know, like this is the kind of the last remaining thing that has to, to flip for this team to really move in the right direction, at least in my opinion. So here's a question for you guys. And I guess it kind of, 
dovetails off of the, the front seven conversation. So, you know, the, the, the front three, I think you can kind of see who's going to get the bulk of the snaps, but is it at this point too dangerous to start hyping up Ty Robinson based on what we've heard, um, what we've seen and what we know? I mean, he's, he's going to be, he's not just dipping a toe this season in, in what Nebraska is going to be doing defensively. I, I think as long as we're smart about what Ty Robinson could be when we talk about him, I mean, people want him to be Sue. He's not going to be Sue. People want him to be Malik Collins as a junior. He's not going to be that either, but can he be a strong rotational piece for Nebraska? Absolutely. But he's on the front side of what you hope is a strong career and so I just I, – I hope people don't go in expecting just because there's excitement for Ty Robinson that he's a ready-made project or, – or product, excuse me, that uh, is going to go in and, and, you know, crash walls against Ohio State and Wisconsin right off the bat. I mean, I think there's a reason for this excitement. But he is only, what, 20 years old and, and going into his first full season of, of competition here. So it's a uh, – it's a tempered enthusiasm, I think, is how people should have for it. And they, they need a lot more than just Ty Robinson, obviously. But I, I just feel like people will expect that if there's excitement for a guy like that, he himself can fix that whole defensive line, and that's not how it's going to work. Yeah, Mike I Schaefer, think – Mike Schaefer not stirring the Kool-Aid. It's disappointing. Mike wet blanket. <laughs> yeah. No, I, th- I think he said – Schaefer said it well. Um I think there's two phases of hype, too, uh, with Nebraska football. There's that phase of the hype that comes when a guy is working his way up to two deep and is making progress within his own team. And I think that's what we write about a lot in the offseason and talk about. And maybe we don't do a good job of uh, communicating it, but I think sometimes that gets translated another way that it's like, oh, this guy's going to dominate. And that is not how I ever feel when I'm – writing pieces like this maybe on a couple occasions I've thought that like I I've uh, when Wandale got here I thought uh he's gonna be a special player um I had that feeling about Adrian Martinez last year and he obviously took a step back that he was gonna be really special but most of the time the stuff we talk about is this guy is doing really well within the team he might get a starting job and that's an accomplishment now how that translates against Ohio State and Wisconsin that's a whole nother matter and that's where I do worry about this team and the tough schedule off the bat. I, I can make cases that it's good to play those kind of teams right away. Um, but for Nebraska's sort of inexperience up front on the defense, um, I, do, I do worry how that can look uh, the first couple of weeks. So those guys have to – they've got to have some resiliency. If they get knocked around that first game and it's a, it's a really tough day at the office – there's going to have to be some real good mental strength in that room to say, you know what, we saw maybe the best team in the country. Let's get better from this and let's make a big jump. So that's going to be one of the big, the big things about that group is how they can respond to however that game goes, even if it's really a tough one. You guys are no fun. Any, uh, any other thoughts from what Scott Frost had to say last night? Any, any other additional things you want to jump on to? I think we covered uh, – Covered most of it. I was seeing, trying to see if there was anything real noteworthy. Um, they, got, they got some corner talk, right? Got CTB 
He's working exclusively at corner. Yeah, I mean, basically it's Boodle and, and Cam Taylor Britt, and then um, he likes four or five guys, and you could probably guess who they are, just younger guys um, that are fighting to be next in line. It's sort of like running back, where they, they know who the top is, but now what's the second layer to that? And there's a good well, they, battle. Yeah. They, they only have younger guys. I mean, Quentin yeah. Newsom's injury and uh, Braxton Clark's injury kind of erases a little bit of your corner depth a little. I, I don't. Is Newsom expected to be back this year? I kind of uh, forgot. There's hope. Right. There's hope. Uh, He's been cleared. Yeah, there's, there's hope he could be back. The, the specifics around that haven't been uh, given exactly, but uh, – He's a possibility. Timon Lynham, I think, is a young guy to watch out for. Uh, I, I, think, uh, I think Ronald Delancey has got here and fit in, it looks like, and sounds like. And so, I mean, that's – uh, Florida guys aren't supposed to do that, Brian. Yep. Yeah, I know. Uh, but he, he bucked the trend. Uh, who, okay, so who's actually there at, at the cornerback spot then? So you have Cam Taylor Britt. You have DiCaprio Boodle. Uh, Lineham, Delancey. Who am I forgetting? Oh, let's see here. I that's think. now like that's a little thinner than what you know we started the year assuming that was going to be a pretty deep. How are they going to get all these guys on the field? Well, sure as hell, they're already down to two guys with experience and two freshmen. Ron, say something. I'm I'm thinking about like who the all the options are here. Ron, say something. Well, it's, it's Lynham would be also there. Um, yep. Where is Delancey working? Corner, I think. Um, Rhodes just ignored our last conversation. Yeah. Well, you have Nadab Joseph. I mean. He, he can yeah. play a little bit. Yeah. Hey, so, but isn't it crazy how thin that got already? It's inexperienced, at least at Nebraska. I think you have options. Like – what what's a little scarier is because you're having to move Boodle and Taylor Britt for sure to corner. I mean, you had the potential to move those guys around if need be. You're you feel pretty good about probably your top three at safety in Farmer uh, being the backup behind Williams and Dismuke. Noah Pola Gates is there as well, but that's that's about it back there. That and that's. I mean, that's where you have a couple guys decide to pack it up and head home. Um, that's where it hurts you a little bit. I think they, I think they can be okay, though. Uh, I got the sense Frost likes that group and thinks they actually are going to be pretty good. And I would say cornerback is one spot, much different than defensive line to me, where I feel like a guy who just got here in his first year could actually go out there and not saying he won't learn some lessons along the way. But I, you see it more often where guys like that can play right away and they can use their instincts. And just, I mean, in a way, it's like go, go cover that guy in front of you like you've been doing your entire life. And guys can usually respond to that. So kind of running through the names, I guess if Newsom's healthy, they really liked Newsom last year. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I feel a lot better about that if he's playing. And then, uh, you know, if one or two of the young guys come along, you've got four or five guys, and that's usually what you need in a normal season at corner. Of course, this isn't a normal season. So that is a spot where – and Frost talked about this during his first uh, Zoom meeting with us with 
camp, there are certain position groups where if a COVID-19 positive test gets the group a little bit, um, you're hurting in a, in a pretty big way. And I could see, uh, you know, like cornerback being one of those if you lost two or three guys in a hurry. I, I really love how sometimes it sounds like BC's pitching a TV show here. Like, he's going to get his shot at corner, and then he's going to learn some lessons along the way. <laughs> like a that's, Netflix 12. That's episode. a show. It's, yeah. like, it's like an episode of Block. Do you remember on they used to tease Blossom episodes back when we were kids? Maybe Schaefer wasn't born yet. I don't know what Blossom is. I'm out. <laughs> Joey Lawrence was on Blossom, right? Whoa. Uh, yeah. But they used to tease Blossom episodes and sometimes Fresh Prince episodes where you, you should watch it with a parent. And I always like, I always like that when they, they're like, you're going to have to sit down and watch this one with, the, with your dad. I was like, yeah, that's not happening. I'm not watching Blossom with my dad. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a break. Before we get there, do you want to say this? We are going to do our mailbag show next week. Uh, still looking for more five-star reviews. Hit us up wherever you do your podcast, whether it's Apple, Stitcher, anywhere. You give us a five-star review. You ask a question. We will get to that question on the show. We will have other questions as well, other avenues to join the mailbag show. But we are going to do that next week. We promise we are going to get it done. That is going to happen. And we're, we're getting closer to the point where you're going to get three podcasts a week because the Hypecast is going to return on uh, what would that be? That'll be October twenty third. Is that when we're going to do the hypecast brunts? Uh, yes, yes, yeah. So we, we've got uh, some I mean, ideas for the hypecast. We apparently we have ideas for the hypecast. So that's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks. So you will go from uh, from you know sometimes one, sometimes two, now up to three because we've hit the season with the podcast. So be sure to check that out again. Give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Ask a question. We will get to that next week. We're going to do our mailbag pod. When we come back, we'll dive into a little bit of recruiting. The wheel makes its triumphant return. And uh, we'll just see how else we, we come up with ways to, to discuss Nebraska football two weeks out from their first game. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount+. Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount+, Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. And we are back. All right. So let's uh, do we do we want to do the wheel or do we want to talk recruiting first? How, what do we, we'll leave it up to Brooks. Let's talk some recruiting. I I uh, I missed Tuesday's pod when when James Carney was discussed, but it could end up being a, a a decent couple of weeks on the recruiting show for Nebraska, right? Yeah, there's there's at least three guys I know of that are set to decide in October. It could be more than that, uh, and you know Nebraska could end up with their first defensive lineman in the 2021 class. James Carney is set to make a decision on October 12th. Uh, and that looks pretty good for Nebraska at this point. Brunts, you didn't, you weren't on the pod. You've seen James Carney a couple times. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, we, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, I, I think he was certainly worthy of an offer. I'm glad that that offer came. Um, you can see a, a guy that, 
you know, transition from wide receiver to tight end. I think he's got good hands. He's obviously going to need to improve as a route runner, but I mean, I think most tight ends do uh, going to college. Um, you know, the, the thing that's impressed me about him is on defense. I, I, I've been impressed with his physicality. Um, you know, I, I think that's been where he's flashed a little bit more at times in games that I've seen him was on defense. Um, I think he's a tight end at the next level. I, I've now seen both uh, James Carney and, and, and uh, Rollins at, at prep. And I mean, I, I think those are both guys who you can bring into a program that they don't need to likely contribute right away because you're going to have a pretty veteran group. But I, I think those were, those are both guys who can be good tight ends for Nebraska down the road. I, I think Rollins is more, more of an athlete than he gets credit for. And I think that Carney is a guy that, um, you know, we've seen his testing numbers. They were, were pretty similar to Thomas Fedoni's um, at, at that Warren Academy event in the summer. So, uh, and the other thing about it, I mean, with, with James Carney, I mean, he, he's said since we started interviewing him that he wanted that Nebraska offer. It was one that he's wanted since he was a kid. It means a lot to him. And I, I think he's willing to work. And I, I think that that's, a good combination to have in a kid that, that you're bringing into your program. Yeah. I think one of the things that I, I really like if Nebraska is able to pull this off, uh, it, I like the idea of, to me, when this offense is going to be at its best in terms of flow, it, it has two tight ends on the field because what you can do in that situation with a guy like Thomas Fedoni and you're in hurry up and you're running downhill with, with Dedrick Mills is you're, you're going to really restrict what defenses have on the field. And a guy like Thomas Fedoni and James Carney and, and AJ Rollins, they all have this. They can play fast. They're good athletes. They are mismatches for, for defense. I mean, it, it, do you want to put a safety on, on Thomas Fedoni or James Carney or AJ Rollins? If you're going up tempo, do you have a linebacker that you want to stick out in coverage? If you're going the double tight end set and they're both in line, for a couple run plays and then you decide to flex them all out. And now you have four wide receivers set, but two of them are tight ends in the middle there. I mean, that's a, it just really causes issues for defensive coordinators. And I, I really think that this is where Nebraska wants to get. And one of the reasons we haven't seen them take off offensively is they probably haven't had quite the personnel at tight end that they had at UCF that allowed them to play faster that allowed him to find those mismatches and in those mismatches, and it doesn't have to be every pass play. You just, you're going to get a defense out of sync and that's where you're going to get those big plays and that's where they thrived. And I, I think a lot of the future of this offense is going to be dependent on this sort of tight end situation. And you look at Nebraska and, and its history of tight ends recently, a position that, you know, it's not like this was recently discovered that tight ends are, are difficult to cover or difficult to match up with. It's just one of those things they haven't taken advantage of that I think they will get that opportunity to with guys in this group. Uh, you guys think I'm off base with that? Uh, pipe dream a little bit, given that they, they just, regardless of who's coach and who's offensive coordinator, haven't been able to, to really unearth that position? Stirring the, you're stirring the tight end Kool-Aid now. I love uh, the tight end Kool-Aid. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an attractive Kool-Aid. Um, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, that's the 
if you have pieces that you can move around, it allows you to play fast. I mean, that's, that's been the, the challenge I think for Nebraska is having playmakers that, that can do different things. I think they're getting closer to doing that. I think as it relates to um, James Carney, I think the other thing I didn't hit on that I, I think bodes well for him in the future is, you know, he added, what was it, 35 or 40 pounds um, in, in the off season to, to kind of get to where he is and, and to, to be more of a, a tight end. Um, so, you know, you, you imagine him with, you know, can he put on another 25 pounds um, and still function at that size? I think he probably can. Uh, the way he's used, you know, he, he lines up all over the place as an inline tight end sometimes, uh, gets flexed out. So it, it's, you know, what, what he would be asked to do at Nebraska, I think would be very comfortable for him. And I think unlocking that tight end group, and we've heard from Matt Lubick this, this uh, off season that they want to do more with the tight ends and how they use them. So maybe this, this is finally, uh, it, maybe it's finally happening. It, it's the, the old guy shaking his fingers meme. It, it might actually finally be happening. All right. BC, thoughts on tight ends? I'm in favor of them. Um, <laughs> well, just not one in particular. But. <laughs> you. That was an old coach's quote, right? Um, the Tampa Bay coach. If it, someone asked me about execution, he said, I'm in favor of it. Um, yeah. Um, I, how how I, old? John, like John Robinson, like Tampa uh, Bay coach? It was uh, McKay. Okay. Uh, Gruden? Oh, no, no, it was beforehand. It was, uh, it was John McKay. This was way back when. This was oh, old school USC football. Coach? Yeah, well, he was, uh, he was the Bucks coach. Uh, John McKay was the Bucks coach when they really – Oh, McKay. Sucked. I don't know why I said Robinson. Sorry. McKay. Yeah, John, back when they wore the creamsicle uniforms, yeah. like, for, for real, uh, and they were just totally terrible. Um, I think they, it was when they were an expansion team, so they were really bad, and he said that. Anyway – uh, yeah, I, I think you guys covered the ground well. I, I, I am not down on the idea that tight end can flourish in this offense because I've seen it happen in this offense, just not here. And I do think as the, they kind of add some personnel that they specifically recruit, you know, and they have, um, I think you're going to see it take off. So uh, it would be nice if they set the set the concrete for that, though, this year with some of the guys. And according to Frost – that has been as good as any position group on the roster since they've started practices this fall. So take that for what it is. All right, let's uh, let's get the wheel out, Bruns. Okay, should we give it give her a spin? Give it a spin. All right, here we go. Man, um, yeah. So, are you guys excited for, to to start the the three podcasts a week? I think we've got some good things planned for the the hype cast. Some more. Uh, more extremely specific predictions coming oddly, your way. Oddly specific predictions. Oddly specific, yes. But also potentially extremely specific. Um, <laughs> so there's that as the wheel continues to spin. Um, I'm, all right, uh, there we go. And stops. I, I always look forward to the hype cast. It's an easy one for you guys this week. Um, what do you guys know about Nebraska fo- Nebraska's football team now that you didn't know in the spring? Schaefer? Yeah. Uh, well, do you guys want me to take a really easy one? 
or should I leave that for, for you? You can take the easy one because I don't know what the easy one is. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. I'm going to take the easy one then. Luke Reimer is going to play a huge role in this 2020 season. I wouldn't have necessarily thought that in the spring. I would have thought he might have been part of the rotation. But just listening to him talk about Luke Reimer, listening to BC talk about Luke Reimer a little bit there, obviously this is a guy that they're excited about. I know there's other beat reporters in the market who think he could even lead the team in tackles. That's a big, heavy praise. I mean, this is we've, – we've talked – extensively about the recruiting with what they're trying to do in terms of athleticism at the inside linebacker spot. Luke Reimer is that, I mean, he's quick and he can run. He has played safety in high school. He has covered before he's a good athlete. It was a steal for South Dakota state to get him, And then it was a steal for Nebraska to get him to walk on. Now he's on scholarship. Luke Reimer is not someone, I, I mean, he was on my radar. I knew that he was going to be involved in the rotation, He's not someone that I, I would have expected would have this much helium and, and would be this discussed right now at this portion of October. And, and I think there's a lot of merit to it. And I, I guess I wouldn't be surprised if he comes away and, and is one of Nebraska's best linebackers this year. I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought that, but just based on the way that, that people have discussed it, other conversations I've had, I mean, Luke Reimer jumps out for me a, a ton here. Um, I really wouldn't have made that connection with the most obvious one, but that's good. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you went there. I, I thought it was obvious, but I'm, I'm excited to hear what you learned as well. You want Brian? to? Okay. Um, I think, although we knew most of the offensive line. Oh, oh sorry. No, you, want, you, you want me to take another? You, no, go ahead. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll dream up something here. Okay. Even though we knew like four of the starters or five of the starters, we could have maybe guessed the whole thing. We didn't know a few specifics, and I think it's interesting. We know Bo Wilson has settled in at left guard, or at least that's where he started the camp. And uh, Piper is working behind Farniok at right guard. You kind of got a sense of the map that Greg Greg Austin has, not just for this year. I'm sorry. um, Piper is working behind Farniok. I might have said Ben Hart. Um, at right guard but at left tackle he's got Corcoran as the second guy right now uh, working behind Hymas and I think you saw kind of the uh, the big picture uh, dream uh, that's out there for Nebraska's offensive line not just for how they're going to operate this year but getting Corcoran ready for maybe that job um, next year and Piper as the guy who takes over for Farniok maybe next year um, so that was interesting to me and also kind of clarifying that Bo Wilson is the guy who indeed does get the first crack at left guard. All right. Um, so I was going to go with an offensive line topic, but that's fine. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. Oh, look at Brunch showing us up. You feel so, a little chill. You feel a little chilly in your response right now after that. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give you two. Um, so, I guess I kind of knew this, or I thought this in the spring, but I, I believe that I, I believe it more now. I think that that giving Greg Austin a bigger voice in Nebraska's offensive coaching room is is one of the bigger decisions that was made um, in the off season. That's a good one. 
I've thought that Greg Austin for a long time is a smart guy. I, I remember covering him when he was a player at Nebraska and he was, he, he was, he's wired different. was wired differently than most college players. Then I think that the, the idea of simplifying the offense and finding things that you do well and doing those things well, I think is going to be very important for this team. And especially so in a season where everything's going to be kind of up in the air and week to week, um, you're going to be challenged in ways you wouldn't normally be. Um, from listening to him talk this week again, I think that his voice carries weight. I think that, or at least from the outside, it seems that way. Um, he seemed confident that they are doing things now that will allow them to be more efficient offensively. And I think that's going to be huge. So I think giving him a bigger voice and hopefully that voice being – heated in, in, in some ways, heated, not heated, um, I think is, is going to be important for this team. The second thing that, that I think I think was kind of confirmed, but we learned a little bit more about this, was, you know, Matt Luke was asked about, you know, kind of the, the starting quarterback job and whether that, you know, what Adrian's role was going to be. Uh, I mean, I, I – as much as the talk in the spring was about an open competition, I think that Adrian Martinez at his best is still Nebraska's best option at quarterback. And I think Lubick kind of confirmed that without saying it uh, last week. So we'll talk to Martinez and Luke McCaffrey today to kind of see where things are at and how they're doing. But um, I, I, I do think Luke McCaffrey's closer uh, to, to Adrian Martinez and, and pushing him. And I think that's what Nebraska wants, but I don't. I, I was skeptical in the spring that you were going to see Adrian Martinez unseated as the starting quarterback, and I think that was pretty much confirmed last week as well. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, though. I mean, we have had quarterback media days um, in the past where they've brought out like four quarterbacks, so it's not that unusual. But with this format, with the Zoom calls that we have to do now, I think it's a little telling that um, McCaffrey is included, you know, um, right now as one of the guys they're bringing up there. Um, so that I mean, it kind of that kind of confirms to me that I agree with everything you just said, Bruns. But I also think uh, somehow, some way, they know we've got to find a way to get this guy on the field in certain ways, and mm -hmm. how those are how that is is going to be interesting. I totally agree. I'm That's the wheel. Can... That's the wheel. There you go. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Any uh, any final thoughts here? Anything we want to to get to uh, before we depart one last time this week? Lots of stuff on the site coming over the weekend. Um, should be an interesting day today with a lot of quarterback talk. So. Make sure you're on the on on Husker twenty four seven to check some of that out. Also, you're uh, you can get your first month for a buck right now. So, a buck. You're losing money if you're not doing it. All right. Sounds good to me. BC, you got anything you want to add? No, the deal sounded pretty good to me. I can't even believe it. Is yeah. that really true, Bruns? It's true. A dollar. Yeah. Just one dollar. Mm -hmm. You guys could get yourself a second uh, a second account each. You have two accounts, then. Yeah. You can start upvoting your own stuff. This is true. More downvotes to go around, too. <laughs> All right. 
We, uh, you can catch all of our stuff at Husker247.com. Be sure, as Brunt said, to check all of that out. Again, $1 for VIP information right now. That's the deal we've got going on. Good stuff there. And as I mentioned before, give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Ask us this question in a five-star review. We will get to that. We are going to do the mailbag next week. We'll probably have a thread set up on our message board uh, for questions there. Your questions aren't guaranteed to be answered if you go that route, though. So if you want your question answered, be sure five-star review wherever you get your podcast. We'll catch you next week with a couple more pods.